Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Sitting next to me is Matt Harmon. Manning the controls, whatever those may be, uh, is Brett Rader, our fearless producer. And we are here after a full day of football on week three. Today was pretty fun. Like eh, the early games. Kind of a snooze. Early games, early games, not so much. But the late games provided a lot of intrigue and a lot of like fun storylines, some surprising quarterback performances, stuff like that. That's a perfect segue, Matthew. Let's talk about our top five quarterbacks today in no particular order, excluding, of course, the Rams-Browns game. I'll start with Patrick Mahomes. Everyone was very excited for the Chiefs hosting of the Baltimore Ravens, and yet one of those quarterbacks remains a legend, and the other one, at least from a passing perspective, kind of faltered. Yeah, right. Lamar Jackson. And this is like the the part of why drafting Lamar Jackson was such a easy slam dunk. It's a late round quarterback. He doesn't have a great passing game, goes out and still has 21 fantasy points. You know, he's at right now a top six ish quarterback against SNF uh, notwithstanding. But yeah, obviously struggles as a passer a little bit. Um, we noted on one of our halftime streams that his deep ball especially was not on point today. There are a couple passes too. like I, I will give Lamar a lot of credit for battling them back in that game uh there were a couple passes he's he's slung down the field that were just clear it deep down the field throws and i mean he threw one across his body like as a contested catch to willie sneed which is really not what you're trying to do i did appreciate so i it was interesting to me to see after halftime if he would lose discipline and just start running although you know his rushing touchdown at the end of the game is what put the ravens within the what gave them the opportunity to potentially win yeah. this game. Um, so it's nice that he has that dual threat. But has your opinion of Lamar Jackson changed at all in terms of his fantasy potential moving forward? I would say that mine has remained the same because of the rushing floor that he already provides you, which I think is what you're also saying. Pretty much. And I'm not that worried about the fact that he goes in. I mean, yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm not worried at all, right. period. But like we always have, we have to note that Airhead's a tough place to play. That defense, for what it's worth, is not a total sieve this year. Um, going into week three, they had put up some decent numbers. They've obviously added players like Tyron Matthew in the secondary and Frank Clark up front. Chris Jones already a good player. Mm. So, you know, he it's, balled out it, in week two. Yeah. And it's not like a, it's not just a total dud of a defense at this point. So there are several defenses 
the Chiefs, the Bucks, the 49ers that we used to regard as just like start all the dudes against them that are not really that way anymore. So the Ravens will host the Browns next week. We'll see if their secondary gets healthy. But obviously the D-line is one that should be respected. And it'll be interesting to see if Lamar can handle the pressure in week four. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I I, I still really feel very good about Lamar Jackson. And I mean, and, and pretty much anything that you felt like also, you know, it's it's. The thing here that happened here is like the running back scored three touchdowns, you know, like any of those easily could have been Lamar Jackson, like tossing in a quick slant into the end zone. I, I'm not pestered at all by this result. What about Russell Wilson? He passed for over 400 yards. Interestingly, another one of these offenses that wants to hashtag establish the run. And yet he throws for over 400 yards, two passing touchdowns. Also, looked incredible on the ground. I mean, two rushing touchdowns as well. Massive day for him against the Saints. They still fall short because Sean Payton just fleeced the birds here. But are we surprised that Wilson had such a dynamic day? Not necessarily because of the way that this game went. You know, Seattle ended up doing a lot of its work in the fourth quarter. 20 points were were scored in the fourth quarter. And uh, before that, the Saints really had them on the ropes the entire game. A lot of it was mistakes Chris Carson fumbling the Saints getting set up with some early field situations like frankly outside of Alvin Kamara I didn't from the limited looks that I got at the Saints offense all day it wasn't that impressive it was a lot of short passing dinks and dunks um and Michael Thomas was efficient and reliable as always you know yeah I mean it was pretty much what we said about this this Drew Brees injury going into the game which was the good yeah you're lowering ceiling expectations I mean Kamara scores twice today whatever but like for the most part we know where the ball's going and that's where it went today for the Saints. Alvin Kamara, nine catches. Michael Thomas, five catches. Two and one for, for everyone else. Um, Jared Cook, by the way, that breakout season's not happening no. so far. Now you can end it. Yeah, you can let that one go. So, I mean, the, the Seahawks running game was a disappointment, and that's why they fell behind so early, even when Chris Carson wasn't fumbling the ball. He was not really efficient on the ground. So... Overall, like, yeah, this was a situation where the Seahawks fell behind. And it was nice to see them actually come out of their shell then. I mean, it's just so obvious. Like, you know, just let Russell Wilson cook. Let him do his thing. He's at Arizona next week. I mean, yeah, they should smoke Arizona. Like, right? I w- like another 400 passing yards would not be unbelievable considering how considering Kyle Allen's day, man. Right. As long as they don't, like, give uh, C.J. Procise 20 carries or something. <laughs> well, hopefully Rashad Penny will be healthy and we won't have to deal with that. Yeah. It's just, like, also to say the Seahawks... We know where the ball is going too. Uh, Will Disley, your boy, uh, got like the most garbage time touchdown of all garbage time touchdowns. We but, will hey, take those. We will take it. But for the most part, it's pretty much been Disley, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, who's on a tear. Uh, obviously, he had double digit catches last week, double digit catches again this week. He has 14 and 12 targets over the last two games. Like he's balling out like that number one receiver that we kind of expected him to be. And so hopefully, we just see more pass heavy scripts going forward. I mean, we know what the deal is with Seattle. Deshaun Watson continues to be a stud. He passed for over 350 yards, three passing touchdowns as well. Every time I turned on this game and we were watching, I was watching Red Zone. Every time, I just, I can't believe that the Chargers defense isn't better also. I think that's like the stunning thing after three weeks that this is a, a squad, like we know about the injuries, but also up front, they're just not intimidating or stout the way I imagined with this Bosa Ingram combination they should be. No, and I mean, especially when they let uh, Jordan Aikens leak out for a 53-yard touchdown, his second 
of the day. Didn't all, Darren Fell score Darren too? Fels yeah, yeah, the other a touchdown tight end. too. It, yeah, so all three of Watson's passing touchdowns went to tight ends, which it's where I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins uh managers are tilting about this oh, after stop. So, but I okay, I agree with you that the answer is oh, stop. Um, because he has six for 66 or six for 67 this game, followed by five for 40 last week against Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars. But I will say, you know, I talked about this coming into the year that this would be, I don't think this is a season where Hopkins is going to like push to lead the NFL in targets or anything because they had some other receivers around him. And you that just was didn't before. expect it was going to be these tight ends. Well, that and also I didn't, that was before Kenny Stills was brought to the team too. And look, Kenny Stills, like I thought this when they had one pass where they leaked Kenny Stills off on a wheel route down the sideline and got, and he got loose and they hit him for a 30 yard, 38 yard pass. And I was like, man, that is just such a crazy dimension to add, like, you know, a couple of nights before the season starts. Cause Kenny Stills, as we talked about, before the season started is not only a vertical player, but he's the guy who can line up inside. You can motion him around and mm-hmm. just having his speed, Will Fuller speed, Hopkins doing what he's doing. And then yeah, that's how you get these like wide open lanes for these tight ends to do- go do stuff too. So the Chargers defense is definitely disappointing, but it's just worth noting how dynamic this Texans offense can be at the same time. Also, I think partially because the Texans secondary is still, I mean, JJ Watt showed up finally. Yeah. In this game. So that oh, was yeah, interesting. He was dominant. But the Texan secondary is still so problematic that you have Keenan Allen going off for over 180 yards, scoring two touchdowns. And I think you also have Deshaun Watson then having to do extra work. Yeah. The Texans are probably one of the most like straightforward roster like strengths and weaknesses teams in the entire league i mean they have clear strengths and clear weakness like clear clear weaknesses obviously we know the offensive line is one of them but that's secondary like you said really problematic you like that for fantasy yeah i mean because that will invite a lot of high scoring games that kind of took this game a little bit to get going i mean especially houston scored 14 points in the third quarter six points in the fourth quarter it took a little bit for them to get rolling but keenan allen by the way like Holy smokes, 13, 183. He's on on way right now to have just like an outrageously dominant. Oh, I don't, you know, Antonio Brown, obviously out of the picture, but like he's on pace to have like an Antonio Brown type of season right now. He is. My issue with Keenan Allen or my concern rather heading into the season was that his yards per reception had declined. His overall target share had gone up, but his yards per reception. So he with the addition of a Mike Williams, for example, and with Tyrell last year, he wasn't used as much as a downfield threat, threat. like his big plays, explosive plays diminished. But Mike Williams, he got laid out like in one play. He just hasn't. He's been good, but I think he's not 100 percent healthy. So that's a problem. Travis Benjamin should have had a huge pass. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. In the end zone. So I think that Philip Rivers is a guy who needs trust. And Keenan Allen continues to be that safety valve and that 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 they have a great chemistry together. Yeah, and his I mean his average depth of target like you mentioned was around 7 yards last year. It's 11.8 right now and he leads all pass catchers with 495 awesome air stat. yards. Like he is Yeah. he's crushing it in at every level right now. I think honestly, I, do you remember how miffed he got about the Madden ratings where like they oh, were yeah. uh 
they were, you know, they shanked him on like deep route running or whatever because of his like average depth of target and yards perception and stuff like that. I wonder if he, <laughs> I really, he was, he, that really stuck in his, uh, yeah, stuck in I his also crawl think Hunter Henry being done for the year probably affected things. Let me, let me spin my narrative here. Okay. EA, EA, call <laughs> me. I could have, I could have helped you with that. I could have told you that he was a good deep route runner. Also, just shout out to Carlos Hyde for finding the end zone. Duke yeah. Johnson, where you at? I mean, Duke Johnson, like, that's, that's a rough, bye, that was bye, a rough bye. call. That was a rough call. I mean, n- neither of these running backs were like efficient today. Nope. They they both kind of stunk, but Carlos Hyde found the end zone and Duke Johnson caught two passes for 22 yards, which is not what you want to see. No, but do you know what the people of New York wanted to see? Yes, yeah, so we, we did. We did the tired section of the top five quarterbacks. Let's go to the wired Ooh, section here. Oh, I like that. Juxtaposition. It's Danny Dimes time and the New York Giants have their first win of the season over that dominant Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. <laughs> I mean, what I say it, at FFL this morning was, you know, all I ask is these teams be interesting. Well, you got that. And they're so much more interesting the New York Giants are with Danny Dimes behind center. Yeah, I mean, he he brought instant I mean, this is what a lot of people said about him coming out of college is that he does have like that dork boy swagger or whatever and it was out it was out there, you know? Like this team had life to it. Not only does he push the ball down the field, he brings something to the table with his running game. I I thought when he took off when Daniel Jones took off for his first rushing touchdown, I thought to myself Also the phrase first rushing touchdown Daniel Jones yeah. is now being uttered. So we yeah, are living so, in the upside down. So folks. here we are, folks. Uh adjust adjust your expectations. But when I when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I bet like Pat Shermer just has to feel like so free right now that he no longer has the corpse of Eli Manning and like has to start him at the quarterback position. I I really think he likes and believes in Daniel Jones and like wanted to have him as a starter all along. They clearly like his quiet confidence. Well, any curses in the huddle. Wow. (laughs) That's shocking (laughs) for a 20 something year old boy to to curse in a, in a high pressure moment. My goodness. I I accidentally cursed on the halftime show today. (laughs) Got told about it. So, The Daniel Jones era, though, I mean, the pieces here are very confusing, especially because we have to mention that Saquon Barkley limped off of the field and then hopped back onto it in victory. Yeah. I'm so excited about the team win that he had to literally hop I didn't like seeing that. I didn't like seeing it. It made me feel very awkward in my tummy. I think the trainer, too, is like not far behind him. Like, oh, please come back. It, I just, I didn't like it at yeah. all. It, deuce chills. Like, just couldn't handle myself. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so he has a high ankle sprain. He's got, he's going to be missing some time. So. So it's Wayne Gallman time. And as we said on our second FFL halftime show, Golden Tate does come back. Yep. Um, after next week. And so I, I can't imagine that Golden Tate and Daniel Jones don't immediately start to want to hook up, right? Like the, that yeah. becomes a priority for chemistry and rapport, especially if Barkley's not going to be available in the slot. Right, right. And I mean, before Golden Tate got hurt and before Sterling Shepard had, guy always seems to have something, you know, like he had, what was it? the Concussion. The, he had a thumb. The thumb in, in training he camp, a, right? A calf or a soft tissue thing as well. Yeah. So before all of that, like going into training camp, it was like, you know what? Of everything that's wrong with the Giants, and damn, there's a lot wrong with the Giants. Like, you know, you got cornerbacks calling out the pass rush, then that cornerback's out there getting toasted by Mike Evans all day. For all that's wrong with the Giants, 
the pass catching core was a clear strength going into this year. And the pass protections kind of emerged as a clear. I mm-hmm. mean, today Daniel Jones got rocked around because Shaquille Baird apparently is the best defensive player in the NFL. <laughs> um, but like, there's enough talent here with Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and whenever Saquon Barkley comes depth. back, there's no. De- I mean, yeah, because so like you, one guy goes down, and then the whole thing sort of falls apart. Then you've got Russell Shepard and Benny Fowler taking snaps. T.J. Jones, you. Darius Slayton, and well, T.J. Not- Jones is supposedly supposed to have reportedly incredible chemistry with Daniel Jones. Like that's supposed to be a thing. I don't know. I mean, like we we shall <laughs> but, see. Like, that's but that's what we're looking. You're right. There's no depth to speak of because. Um, in that wave of injuries was also like, Corey Coleman, could he be interesting? No, he tore his ACL. I have to say also that the schedule is brutal. Washington in week four, fine, whatever. Lay up. But fine. Then Minnesota and then at New England. That is oh, yeah. just a, two games that I and then you're and then you're in the middle of that's week seven. Now you're at the middle of the season and who knows what happens then. So yikes, um, they're going to be without Barkley for you have to imagine. A big stretch. Yeah. All right. So Daniel Jones. I think we're mostly interested in what he does to the other pieces. Nobody is actually starting him. Yeah. And the lift well, he gives. I mean, in Superflex, I drafted Daniel Jones in the Podcast Listener League, which is a Superflex league. Maybe against Washington, but I am not messing with him at, at Minnesota. I'll be debating him. I mean, Minnesota. I got like Jameis Winston, I think Derek Carr in that league. I'll be giving it some thought every now and again. Jameis Winston um, on the other side. No, I'm wrong. Kyle Allen. That's who we're going to oh, talk about. Oh, yeah. Kyle, Come on. We're let's close let's talk about Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. Four touchdowns. It is a gorgeous sight to behold. It was a gorgeous sight to behold. Back in his home state, playing against his former teammate, Kyler Murray. Drunk on narratives. I mean, drunk or... I mean, you're... Inspired listen, by. Both things can be true. Well, I don't, I don't think that I was drunk. I think that I was... Uh, I just I wasn't meaning I, you. I think it was intuitive. I didn't wasn't I didn't mean you were drunk as in like the I mean know. I have been drunk, but not on this narrative. I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, four touchdowns. Uh Christian McCaffrey goes off for over 150 and a touchdown. Nice to see him back. Greg Olson, two of these scores. Curtis Samuel finally gets his first score of the season. You almost lost your pants during that play. DJ Moore finds the end zone as well. Kyle Allen, legit, or is this because he was playing Arizona, which was part of my reason for hyping him oh, heading yeah. into the right. Arizona's secondary is no good. They were averaging 309 yards uh, per game heading into this game. So that number obviously goes up now. Yeah. Well, f- I mean, for everyone that said, hey, Cliff Kingsbury, you can't bring your system to the NFL. It can't work in the, in the pros. That's not a thing that's going to happen. Well, you were proven wrong today because Cliff Kingsbury sure as brought Texas Tech's defense along with him to the NFL, just giving up points, giving up yards. That was an embarrassing defensive showing, but go back and watch Kyle Allen in that game. He's uncorking some dimes. Sure, on the run, on the move. His touchdown to Curtis Samuel was was a dart in the end zone. Great route by Samuel. And then he threw another pass to Curtis Samuel, which I put on my Twitter feed, um, like just a great sideline throw pressure in his face. Like, yeah, there was a couple times good, like with pressure. I don't think I haven't seen stuff like that out of a Carolina quarterback in a long time. I'll say that. So he's at Houston next week. Very, very good matchup. I mean, I'm still believing. Well, it, and this just goes to show you too, like the thing that we said with the Panthers going into the year was that this is the best collection of offensive weapons. You said weapons. that. You can take all the credit yeah, for it. Yeah. And that showed to be true. Also, like, 
that, yeah, this game showed you like with a functional non-broken quarterback, this is, this is what you're going to get out of that. You're going to get like, Oh, all these guys can yep. be started at once. And especially against a bad defense like this. And also it's, it's also very much worth saying that Greg little, the rookie left tackle mm -hmm. replacing Daryl Williams at left tackle was huge. Cause like, that's what started this Shaquille Barrett breakout season was him giving up four sacks to the damn that's a very good point. bucks on Thursday night football, probably part, Part, not not part not probably the play that everyone thinks Cam reaggravated his foot injury <laughs> pressure given up by old Daryl Williams the left tackle so that was like this offensive line was supposed to be fixed for Cam Newton this year and and Greg Little the rookie left tackle was a big part of that so it's kind of a confluence of a lot of events here but of course most of it is just that hey this is a pretty good offensive system with Norv Turner here. And it also has really good weapons. And and Torrey Smith, credit to him, former Panthers receiver as of like a couple weeks ago. He's retired. Yeah. yeah, he tweeted that out this morning that with Kyle Allen back there, you're going to – with being healthy, you're going to see a lot more of like – healthy, competent quarterback. Yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot more of Norv's offense and what he wants out of this very, very talented unit. So at Houston in week four, are, are you willing to, if you had to, rank Kyle Allen with inside of your top 15? Sure. Right? I mean, why not? Yes. A hundred percent agree. Well, because he doesn't have the brand name because he was cut and then back, you know, he was like cut from the team and added to the practice squad and he was benched on two different college teams and whatever. Like there's a narrative around this guy that he's not good. And so nobody believes that scheme can lift. Houston, where right? he where he played college ball. So more narrative time. Yeah, yeah? <laughs> that's right. He transferred from Texas A&M to Houston. I love it. I, do I, wonder, wanna... I wonder when we're going to see Cam Newton again. Well, we speculated about that. It sounds like after this performance from Kyle Allen, I have to hope and pray that Ron Rivera lets Cam get healthy instead of rushing him back. Now, whether Cam will agree to that is another they have to thing altogether. Post-game, Rivera said, when healthy, Cam is the starter, no question. But for now, we're rolling with Kyle Allen. So I think that gives him a lot of leeway there. But this is definitely a situation where the, like, I think it needs to come from David Tepper to the general manager all the way down to Ron Rivera and say, like, you have to play this guy for his. And I think the fact he goes out and like having this performance as dynamic as it was, you know, Twitter's blazing about it like late. You you have to this has to give the team a lot of confidence and that confidence is needed because I think they do need to give Cam Newton many weeks i think to get right because that's how you have to think about well that's also a re-aggravation issue right like he yeah. had hurt his foot and then re-aggravated it and we're already at re-aggravation fit you know exactly i also think that there's a shoulder thing i've heard a have a couple of sparrows who have intimated that there's a shoulder thing that the team is kind of hiding so it's not just a foot issue um and we know that kyle allen is mobile right uh even if he didn't do much in this game in terms of rushing production we've seen him rush for touchdowns before i do want to talk about arizona really quickly sure. um so kyler murray was sacked eight times Ugh. in this game for a total loss of 46 yards he's also not this was his highest rushing total of the season so far at 69 nice yards the whole idea with kyler murray was that he was going to provide all of this extra production via the run game and that we haven't really seen because he's behind this offensive line and I'm going to say it he's tinier as a tiny person myself he's like tinier than everyone else I'm like y'all don't want to get hit like I don't think he wants to get smashed and I do think that that is affecting the rest of the squad because outside of Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson like 
I think you you were worried about this weeks ago, and rightfully so. You put us all on it. Christian Kirk is now not being able to be as much of a thing as he should be. Yeah, I mean, he has 10 catches for 56 yards, like making Jamison James, Crowder blush. Yeah, this offensive line, hugely problematic. targets. The, yeah. He's supposed to be the, like, downfield guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fitzgerald, to his credit, has been a downfield guy for this offense, too. But Murray came out, was running early in this game because a lot of people, like you said, were noticing that he's not running. And, like, he had 28 yards on the first drive and then finishes, of course, with 69. Very nice. But overall, like, you're right. The lack of pass protection is a big problem. The Panthers have a good pass rush. And I can't remember where I heard it. Uh, it was on a podcast this week. I think it might have been the Ringer NFL podcast. But, like, someone had said that, like, when you – like, you're going to start to see when he gets to the NFL. Like, Kyler Murray, he's not going to want to run a lot because – He's like he's like Brady or these other guys. Like they'll just give themselves up. They don't want to get hit. He's right. He doesn't want to get hit. And that's probably. I mean, this is like part of the thing that nobody mentioned about his size heading into this whole experiment was like if you're smaller, that hit's going to hurt more. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's. It's a. It's why he's a smart player, which is just that guy. Yeah, I'm not trying to get clobbered out here. So let's see. Let's move ahead to your other, right? If you are back on on the Panthers now that Kyle Allen is the savior of the team, well, what about your San Francisco 49ers? This uh, outing was a tale of two Jimmys, one G and one not. Yeah, I mean, he was looked like he was ready to give this game away early on. Uh, But and, you know, the 49ers end up staying pretty composed. Pittsburgh, to their side of it, they were 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 bad for most Gross. of this game. I mean, they needed a a long catch and run from Juju Smith-Schuster, who was doing nothing before a 76-yard touchdown run where a couple 49ers just whiffed on some tackles. So that's going to make Mason Rudolph look better. He also threw up... Uh, Jason Verrett took a piss right on Narrative Street uh, as Ma- Mason Rudolph launches a deep bomb to James Washington. It looked like it was going to be you know like a 60-yard catch. Verrett pulls him down at the last minute, but then that ends up pushing them to another t- long touchdown from Deontay Johnson. Again, ter- very tilting for anyone who was trying to ride that narrative street. Yeah, so Pittsburgh didn't do much. James Conner doesn't look good. Fumbled doesn't the ball. Yeah, I mean, this offense is, is pretty much what we said. And again, 49ers defense is right up there with, like, the Packers as the most improved unit in the entire NFL. This 49ers defense looks legitimately good at all three levels. Mm -hmm. They had that one bust with Juju Smith-Schuster. That's fine. He's a good player. But, yeah, I mean, overall, this this 49ers team is tough. Their backfield is tilting for fantasy owners, no doubt about it. So that's where I wanted to head. Um, Burita had the touches, um, but Mostert was more efficient about – 11 more yards on the ground than Brita. So there's a share. And then obviously Jeff Wilson getting the goal line. But I have to say, I don't have any shares of this backfield in fantasy, so it doesn't bother me too much. But Kyle Shane, this is genius because this is also a team that has been so bitten by the injury bug and has been banged in, in terms of depth because of injuries. Why wouldn't you want to protect? Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing uh, Sean McVay do it. I mean, the game's on right now, so we don't know what's going to happen this week with Todd Gurley. But we this is not an uncommon an, an uncommon practice. I just don't think anybody assumed that this Jeff Wilson Jr. fellow would be doing it numerous times per game. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan said leading into this week, like, I'm not going to say that Jeff Wilson is our goal line back, but, like, he's our goal line back, which is like, well, okay. but It's you, also going to be a tell pretty soon. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, for so sure. For sure. This isn't going to last forever because Kyle Shanahan, I believe, to be more creative than this. So 
one, wait, this already happened two weeks in a row. So it's a copycat yeah. league. The next defense to play is going to, oh, they're going to run with Jeff Wilson. Like, that, they know it's going to happen. Right. That's the problem that there's not a lot of predictability with this backfield either. You know, sometimes you can be like, this is the early down guy. This is a late down guy. Like Mustard to his. Uh, We're just calling him Mustard sure, now. We've just given yeah, up. Yeah, I guess okay. so. Because why not? Uh, so Raheem Mustard last week, he made made a bunch. He put a little mustard on the Bengals uh, by getting a bunch of his points through the air. Mm-hmm. Didn't catch a ball today. No. So it's like, great. And then, of course, Wilson's not a factor in the pass game, and Brita just gets two for 20 on three targets. Get the damn fullback doing work. Well, that's and that's another thing, too, is like people forget Juice, Kyle Juicechick. Juice, juice, chick can uh, juice chick. The J is silent. I like to go with what I like to do. Um, Kyle Juice Check, uh, he you know can make some juice through the air. I'm so glad you follow through on that one. Really worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Also worth it, uh, or not drafting Stefan Diggs? Not worth it so far. (laughs) No, man. Here's the thing though. So I know everybody wants to take their victory laps on Mike Evans. Fair enough. We're here to have fun. I'm not going to like begrudge people for I don't get pissed at people. For well, because he had a get right game against a bad offense, a, well, bad, a bad defense. Also, like most obvious thing ever. And pretty much everyone said it was going to happen. Right. Sure. So, but people are still taking victory laps. And again, who cares? We're here to have fun. Be online. Have fun. Laugh at shit. It doesn't matter. But you, so with Diggs, it's kind of the same thing. Like part of me wants to apply this, this principle to Diggs because with Mike Evans, all the signals were there. Like the opportunity was there. The air yards volume was there. And also it's just a reminder that, hey, like this is a three-week stretch for a talented player. Like who cares? Yeah, he's had 89 yards in two games. You know he's going to get right because he's Mike Evans. And nothing about his opportunity or his place in the depth chart or his situation has changed at all. With Diggs, I'm not so sure that's the case. Talented player, obviously, but the offense has changed. The intention of the offense is different. Yes, and he's not getting, I mean, he's getting a lot of, downfield looks but like that's coming from a shaky quarterback who you know is my, so here's my problem with this whole I, I was thinking about it since our second halftime show because I really did believe that Kirk Cousins was better than this for I, I don't want to say that I thought he deserved all the money he was paid or all that but I mean even when we did that quarterback face game in January yeah. right like ah. I believed that he was a franchise quarterback mm-hmm. however I remember plenty of those games in Washington and clutch was not his thing. And yet now he is part of an offense that invites these close games. Like any run first offense is going to invite these close That's games. Really and point. I don't think that Kirk Cousins has the philosophical, emotional makeup to be a quarterback who can take over if the game gets too close. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good point. Like, and this is the classic type of Kirk Cousins game where he goes out and smashes, which it's like not a primetime game, right? Not at night. Also, no one, smash 174 yards in one. I mean, they yeah. they smashed like the the Raiders. The Vikings absolutely dropped the hammer. They should on the have Raiders. won by more than this. They took their. That's what because you're right. They took their foot off the gas. Whatever, but. This was a good, like, a, just a, a good Kirk Cousins game. wasn't too disgusting, whatever. When, like, they can be a great team, hang with anyone when their quarterback doesn't throw up on the on his shoes. But like you said, in clutch moments, this ain't your dude. It's not your dude, right? Like, there's some people in life where there's an emergency, and you know you want them to be there. And there are other people in life where you're like, oh my gosh, if something bad happens, they may be wonderful, talented people, but you just don't want them there if nine one one needs to be called. And like, I don't want Kirk Cousins trying to win a game for me in a clutch moment. No. So that to me is a little bit concerning. 
I still, though, have to believe that Diggs will eventually get involved. And I said this also on uh, one of the halftime shows because I don't think that Delvin Cook's going to be able to stay healthy yeah. all 16 Yeah, eventually weeks. things will change. I know that people are going to say, though, but Liz, what about what about Alexander Madison, man? Like, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he's an every down back. Sure. Do you? No, I, I mean, I he don't. could have great fantasy production because, again, of the identity of this offense, but I don't think that he is... He's definitely not the same as Delvin Cook. Definitely not. And and Cook, like, I mean, yeah, he's been like the best player in the NFL through the first three weeks. Eagles. So Oof. we've got this is like um Chargers East. Right. <laughs> you know, Djax is out, Jeffrey is out. Uh there, Jason Peters. He left for I think he came back, but his backup rookie left tackle, Andre Dillard, he got hurt, left the game for a while. Derek Barnett, pass rusher, also left the game. Jason Peters obviously super crucial to that line, yeah. too. We saw it last year if he was missing, what would happen. Carson Wentz, a player who's been banged up, maybe has a little bit in his head about not wanting to get hurt again. The pressure of can he ever actually stay healthy? Obviously, if the line isn't protecting him, maybe he gets a little bit more scared, maybe he's seeing more ghosts. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside doing nothing. Mac Hollins was the guy to own if you wanted to own something. I mean, I, I feel like this whole uh, Miles Sanders fumbling the damn ball, Jordan Howard scoring touchdowns. What the hell's going on? This Eagles offense is not coming together. No. And a lot of it is because of injuries. And, I mean, they were, they were a team that got banged up a bunch last year, too. So there's definitely some questions. To, I mean, they're, no, they're not Washington. Right. But there's some questions to be asked here about, like you said, what the hell is going on in terms of injuries? I think you just have to adjust expectations for Carson Wentz, for Zach Ertz, all of these guys. They're not. I love drafting Carson Wentz at cost this year because he was like that round eight round eight, like guy that could become, you know, a clear like the clear cut QB one. That's not been the case so far. Are you believing in Nelson Aguilar? Two scores today? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get the volume, and he's going to get the volume from a great quarterback. And Nelson Aguilar, he definitely takes his lumps because he it, he doesn't always get there by the most uh, well-groomed path. But he's a good player. He's, he's, he's a good starting NFL receiver, quality guy. Um, so I'm, yeah, in this offense, if he's the, he's the most proven guy, like you said, Arcega Whiteside's not ready to be like a starter. Great pick, but not Dropped ready to the be. Pass. A, yeah. The like contested catch guy. Yeah. I mean, can't win it. Going to happen. Matt Collins is a guy who said, I think he said this week, I like playing, I'd rather play special teams and offense, which is like, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that question. Next week, though, uh, Philadelphia goes to Lambeau to play the Packers' frisky, frisky defense. defense. And the Eagles' defense has still been not as much in this game, but blowing some coverages, giving up their uh, fair share of production. That, that could be an interesting one because the Packers were still waiting for like their get-right game offensively. Yeah, so what would you, where do you think the line's going to sh- end up on this game? It should be like... 44? Yeah, some, I was just thinking say like 44-5. 43.5. Yeah, around that. All right. Um, you, you can't... You, I mean, you can't... You can't expect these offenses to be something they're not right now. I mean, I think the good news for the Packers is like they're 2-0... and or th- they're 3-0, and d- despite the fact that the unit led by a Hall of Fame quarterback has not played well. I actually think that's a really – or has, still looks like it's lost in the wilderness a little bit. I think, I think that's really good news for them as a team because it just goes to show, like, hey, if I if, – like, if their defense was coming in problematic and, like, the offense was great, I'd be like, okay, they're the same old damn Packers. Like, to me, I think there's at least a chance that they could be a different version of, of their old selves because the unit that um, used to be the weak link is now the clear-cut team strength. Atlanta can't win a damn game. Atlanta sucks. 
Well, from a fantasy product per perspective, though, I mean, Julio Jones, 128 and a touch. Um, our own Brad Evans said that Muhammad Sanu would be a sneaky play, and he was as efficient as a possession receiver can be in this lit offense, catching all six of his targets for 75. Damn, Austin Hooper gets 66 and two touchdowns. I can't. You hate Austin I, Hooper. I just can't. I have, I will admit this, dear listeners, I have trouble projecting Austin Hooper on a week to week basis. Like, it, because he's supposed he, to be our tight ends uh, specialist this year. <laughs> I mean, I do go peach picking on Tuesdays, <laughs> but his line is either absolutely massive or not at all. And it just, I mean, I, I, I guess like the Colts were missing um, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. So you could have seen that, but I would have expected more out of Devonta Freeman in that case. Well, the pro I mean, the problem for Freeman, and then Fre Freeman ran well today, five yards of carry, 16 for 88. Um, so I think actually this was a pretty encouraging spot for Devonta Freeman. It actually might still leave that by low window cracked open a little bit. And Edo Smith finally didn't get a bunch of looks. Right. He got hurt in this game, too. Um, so, like, Freeman, because he didn't go, like, pop in two touchdowns, but despite the fact that he ran really well overall, like, I think that might leave that by window, by window open a little longer. Mm. But the problem is... The Falcons can't stay in games because their defense still sucks. And, oh, by the way, Keanu, Keanu Neal goes down with a torn Achilles. Yeah. Second year in a row for a season-ending injury. And he's a big part of what they do on defense. And this defense so far, like Dan Quinn taking over the play-calling duties, that's not working out. Um, no. It's on my radar a little bit, these, like, defensive coaches that want to call from the sideline like you just don't see that very often um and you've got him doing it you've got Fangio doing it in Denver and that's clearly not working out well so far I know Ron Rivera is like sort of doing it in Carolina where he's like taking more of a hands-on approach and that actually is going well so it's that's something like worth monitoring I think they need to win next week against Tennessee yeah well if they can't if they can't slow down the Titans vaunted offense Although I do bold prediction, nah, I shouldn't be bold, but prediction now, I think Delaney Walker does score in this one. Well, week we, four, Delaney Walker. Can Derrick Henry catch like four passes? Because that would be a miracle for him against this defense that lets up a bunch of receptions to running backs. <laughs> we know. <laughs> um, um, no, Deion Luce is going to drop all of them. He will. He will see the targets. He'll get the targets though. We already talked about Kansas City and Baltimore. We haven't really discussed last Thursday's game. Oh, yeah. Well, we just talked Titans. So let's, let's talk Swagwars here. Let's talk Minshew. Gardner. <laughs> the second, although he's the first. Uh, by the way, his dad. What do you think that guy's throwing up on the bench press? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm sort of like, that's where they put his parents in the stand. Like, he can't even get one of those cool pool suites. Uh, do you really want to be up in the pool suite? Like, that's got to be gross. I mean, I, I'd be fine with it. Uh, I you know. Bring a little bottle of chlorine. Yeah, you're fine. All right. I mean, but yeah, Minshew, Minshew too played well in this game for, you know, he played well for like a backup quarterback against a, 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 a tough defense. This game was tough to watch, like not because it wasn't exciting, like the Jaguars were sure as hell exciting, but the um, Titans were awful to really watch. Nice. And the refs just were determined to get in. This was one of those Make ones. Make that game like, as slow as possible. It's like, guys, get the hell out of the way. I still think, to me, the exciting thing about this, about the Jaguars, is that we're not talking about Leonard Fournette and that we're not talking about the defense, but that there is an actual passing game here. DJ Chark scores. DJ Chark, do 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 do. Last week I said I really liked him, um, and 
I love that he scored three weeks in a row. He and Minshew obviously have chemistry. Um, DJ Chark said they practiced a lot together and said Minshew was the most fearless quarterback he'd ever had the pleasure of playing with. So that's something. Mm, Pleasure. Yes. But next week, the Jaguars have the Denver Broncos. Who have no sacks. Zero so far this season, which is redonkulous. But Chris Harris is still a legit cornerback, right? He quiets everybody. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone's going to be on DJ Chark. And I think DJ Chark's probably going to get taken away by Harris, which means that my boy Chris Connolly is finally. I mean, he's been producing pretty well. He just hasn't seen the end zone. Yeah, so definitely I think, won't be D.D. Westbrook. I think oh, <laughs> dropping passes in the end zone. Um, so I do think Chris Connolly is a nice play if you're looking for a, a, a sleeper dart throw and you want to be in on this Jacksonville offense. Um, Connolly, I think, was is the way that I would go next week. Yeah. Um, also on this Jacksonville offense, the Broncos haven't – they were actually pretty good at slowing down Aaron Jones today, but they still gave up two touchdowns. They've been giving up some production to running backs, but Leonard Fournette coming to town with off one of the dumbest lines you've ever seen. 66 yards on the ground for Leonard Fournette with a long run of 69 yards. Not not nice, actually. That means there's some negative yardage that, that means happens. He was, he was sitting on about a negative eight spot before he popped off that long run. <laughs> yeah, he also, the week before, should have had a touchdown. Or a two-point conversion. Yeah. He's not playing well. No. He, he's not playing well at all. And he had an opportunity. You know, I met Scott Pioli, and we were talking about um, Leonard Fournette, and he was really disappointing. He made the point that, like, um, Fournette had an opportunity to really cement the future in that two-point conversion and say, I all of the injuries and the character issues are behind me, and I am now going to be the savior of this offense. And take away a little bit of the Minshew mania and focus it back on himself, which I think is the intention that Doug Marone has in this uh, overall offense, even though John Filippo clearly wants to air things up, air things out. Um, and he didn't do that. And I, I was really struck by what he said. And that to me is just we're now it, we have to treat the Jaguars differently. And I don't think this is just um, like a flash in the pan. I think no, that this, this is, is a fun. different offense. I I agree with you. And I mean, I think we're going to be asking the question if I'm. I think people probably already are, is does Foles ever get this job back? There's a lot of time left. There's a lot of time left, but if Minshew kept playing the way that he's playing right now, which is not like, I mean, he's not blowing the doors off or anything, but he's he's playing well. He won a game, and if they keep keep afloat in a division that's a little topsy-turvy there, Mm -hmm. I think... I think we could see a scenario where Foles just doesn't get this job back when he comes back in, you know, week 11 or whatever. Well, they have a week 10 bye. Yeah. So, assumedly, he could come back for, you know, week 11 through the end of the season or the last month of the season. And the way Minshew has, like, captivated the fan base and all dork football writers. like This is also a team that, like, gets blacked out on the regular. Yeah. Right? He's bringing some excitement and some swagger. You call him... The Swagwars or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's what they are right now. Let's talk pickups. Um, I know you were enamored by one Dawson Knox, rookie tight end for the Buffalo Bills. He's on the he's on I the, like uh, the I like Dawson Knox. I thought he was underrated in college, like because he played with DK Metcalf. He put I almost said Laquan Treadwell when I said DK Metcalf. Um <laughs> oof, mixing up my old miss receivers here. DK Metcalf. He played with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. And Marquise Brown. No, AJ Brown. No, yeah, okay. So he played with DK Metcalf. <laughs> A.J. Brown, even that one other receiver whose name is escaping me right now, um, he got some pop every now and again. But Dawson Knox was kind of this guy that went out there and, you know, he didn't have a lot of production, but he had some flash plays. 
and then he was a really good time, good athlete at the NFL scouting combine. So I think he's kind of a decent sleeper here, especially because, you know, they signed Tyler Croft to a big deal. He's been hurt. Um, I know he's scheduled to be back soon, but Knox looks like that type of like good tight end that an offense like the Bills would love to get involved, you know, because they want to run the ball, use some play action. Their quarterback is you know, he he definitely needs more and more like intermediate targets as mm-hmm. they're trying to build up his completion percentage, which has gone well so far. But I think Dawson Knox might be here to stay. And again, this is the tight end position where we're looking for that 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th guy as a streamer. And I think Knox and against New England him. yeah, might get loose, I think, if, if you are going to play somebody. What, what does Belichick do? Ready takes away like the number one option. So. John Brown, See you, John Brown. clamped right, and Stephon like I Gilmore in safety over there. I still can't get like the image of Cole Beasley dropping balls in Week One out of my head. Mm-hmm. So you're you may if if Croft continues to miss time, he had a setback. Then Knox Knox is a dart throw, certainly worth the dart throw. Um, and he is currently owned in zero percent of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, I drafted him on one dynasty team, so this might just be me wish casting like my fourth round pick becomes relevant. What do you think about Preston Williams or do you not even want to talk about the Dolphins? No, thank you. Let's pass. Yeah, let's pass. Like if you're in a, if you're in a super deep league, there might be some volume there. I know Josh Rosen apparently really likes Preston Williams, all that. Like he's going to throw his way per all the beat writers. Cool. But do yourself a favor and try not to be involved with the Dolphins team. Yeah. Try to find a better matchup. I even looked at like my waiver wires this week. I was like, I could make some moves at running backs. Like, Oh, someone dropped Kalen block. No, no, that was the worst sequence all day was watching the goddamn Dolphins give three straight carries inside the five yard line to Kalen Balaj, who's been <laughs> awful this year behind a hideous offensive line that can't do anything right. And then on fourth down, they kick a field goal. Like, inside the five-yard line. Like, you're an 0-2 team. You might not win a damn game all year. Go for it. Go for it. Brian Flores, what are you doing, bro? He's up in his head. I think he's he's shook. I think, like, you know how, you know how, like, some quarterbacks. He just needs to go listen to some Jay-Z and get it together. No kidding. I mean, you know how some quarterbacks, like, say, like, you know, he's going to become like David Carr. He's going to hit so much. He's going to get in his head. I wonder if Brian Flores, like, (laughs) takes such a beating this year. He's like, I can't can't do it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I bet Teddy Bridgewater's really happy he decided to stay in New Orleans instead of take more money to, like, be a starting quarterback. Sometimes happiness is better than money. Indeed. Sometimes. Indeed. Um, Philip Dorsett should be really happy with his performance. Also with the news that Antonio Brown was cut by the Patriots. I'm sure everybody learned that on Friday, maybe while they were trying to get some damn errands done. Um, Their phone just kept going off. Uh, So anyway, Philip Dorsett steps in. He's converted 13 of 14 targets on the season, had another score today, converted uh, six of seven. Josh Gordon was in and out of this game with a like a he fell funny on his hip, but he was able to play. And Julian Edelman, after scoring a touchdown, also left the game. Yep. He's got what is it? Ribs issue? Rib. A yeah. rib issue. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network reported that it's they're cautiously optimistic about him, but yeah, I mean, he could miss a game or whatever. But either way, it doesn't matter. I think Dorsett needs to be on your roster. He is owned in 31% of Yahoo leagues. Rex Burkhead, if you did spot start him this week in the absence of James White, whose wife was expecting a, a baby. So congratulations to the White family, uh, assumedly on the newest blessing and family member. He'll be back, though. So yeah, he Rex Burkhead continues to. I mean, he'll have some relevance uh, depending on Edelman's injury, but. Yeah, I agree. Can we talk Daryl Williams before we get out of here? Sure, go for it. Um, I would just like to say, as I guess a Darwin Thompson stasher, 
uh, I think you got to be pretty worried about Daryl Williams because here's the deal. And you have to you have to be honest with yourself in moments like this, right? Like Daryl Williams, he's just like Darwin Thompson. He's a nobody. Darwin Thompson, you might some evaluators might have liked his talent. That doesn't matter, you know, when it comes to like the cream rising to the top. You can say the cream is going to rise to the top, but it only matters if the coaching staff agrees with you. And we previously thought that the coaching staff did believe that with Andy Reid, but when chaos actually struck. Damian Williams misses the game. LaShawn McCoy comes into the game hurt, leaves the game hurt after scoring two touchdowns. Thanks, LaShawn. The guy was Daryl Williams, who went out there, had nine carries, ran really well, caught five passes for over 40 yards. So I just think it's – am I, I'm not rushing out to start grab Daryl Williams and like think he's going to be the Chiefs, next Chiefs featured back, which is what I thought could be the case with Darwin Thompson. But I, I think it is at least – worth stashing Daryl Williams if you have the space to see what happens like if next week he goes out and has 15 carries or something like that because Andy Reid shows actions mean more than words and Andy Reid showed us with the actions today that this is a guy he trusts and and not only did he get the opportunity which is important but he did well with the opportunity I I just think we have to see who else how hurt is LaShawn McCoy and is Damian Williams so many Williams so many Williams Damian Williams gonna be back yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, you yeah, I think it's so. It's just a soft tissue thing. I think so, right? yeah. Yeah. But he's a player with no, you know, real no real pedigree. But it's yes, probably just a committee, but still. I do appreciate though that you're willing to say if you are interested in stashing, and it would make sense to stash because this offense is so damn explosive, then maybe Daryl Williams is the pivot away from Darwin Thompson. You can't be you can't be you can't take lock this. Right. Totally. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Right now watching this Rams Browns game three to three. I know it's behind me and I can keep watching Matt like look over my shoulder at the game, but I can't do that. So well, you're trying pro- to watch it in the reflection of his glasses. You're a pro, Liz. Uh, I, these offenses are not good. The Rams and the, the Rams, and the Browns are not like, I mean, I was saying I was saying coming into this game that these two teams are look like watch now in the second half. They'll both go out and like score 25 points. But, you know, Brett <laughs> loves when we do this. I, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. It was it, so great for yeah. the Jags game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, Matt and I will go watch the game and not talk about it until our next show, which is on this coming Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LizLoza underscore FF and at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can also follow the pod on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy for Matt Harmon and Brett Raider. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.